0: This is the Politically Speaking Podcast, a candid conversation with the Show Me State's biggest political newsmakers. I'm Jason Merzenbaum. And I'm Joe Manis. That's Eric (laughs) Greitens, Navy SEALs running for governor, and I'm really, really glad to be on with you, Jason and Joe.
1: I'm going to push back
0: I'm filling in for Jason and everybody else. I'm doing this solo today, and I'm very honored to have a really great guest. Ann Wagner yeah. from Missouri's 2nd District. I'm honored to be here, too. Yes, thank you so much. Yeah, the Congresswoman is taking time out of a really crazy schedule the last few days. As most of our listeners know, this week has been candidate filing week and also a bunch of other stuff going on in the news and on the legislative floors in Congress and in the state capitol. So first, uh, Congresswoman, just a real quick thing on where your district is, just so our listeners know. It's Missouri's second
1: congressional district, which takes in about, I'll say, two-thirds of of St. Louis County, about a third of St. Charles County, and then a little bit of Jefferson County, which is basically the city uh, of of Arnold. Uh, Approximately 750,000 constituents in Missouri's second congressional district.
0: Okay, and we'll get right to the chase here. I know you've had a pretty big victory this week on, yeah. one, on, on one of the measures that you've been pushing for a long time. And in, in fairness, actually, this is something that Senator Claire McCaskill has been involved in in the Senate. And actually, Josh Hawley, the Missouri Attorney General, has been involved in, in the state. This has to do with sex trafficking. It does. So if you want to explain basically what your bill does, the fact that this version got through the House, this has some Senate amendments, that's where McCaskill's piece comes in. If you want to talk a bit about this... And,
1: it's, it's landmark legislation when it comes to specifically online sex trafficking. The name of the bill is FOSTA, which is the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act of uh, 2017. I've been at this for uh, two years. I've been fighting the good fight on human trafficking and uh, and sex trafficking since I've been in Congress now um, on, on year six. And uh, this has been a, a, a labor of love, but a pretty heavy lift because this is a, a mammoth piece of legislation that really goes to the, to the heart of... Of, uh, taking on these predatory websites like backpackpage.com and uh, and others that are selling our our, our our women, our children, our young boys uh, on the internet uh, with impunity. So, the FOSTA has a, a large criminal component, which is what I have worked very hard on, working with our prosecutors, our district attorneys, our 50 state attorneys general who have gotten behind this legislation. Uh, We give prosecutors every tool in the toolbox, both by using the sex trafficking statutes and the prostitution statutes uh, in order to go after these websites, get prosecutions, convictions, put these predatory websites, uh, the predators behind bars or bring the websites down. And I hope, Joe, uh, you know, serve as a deterrent uh, for others. So, the Manhattan DA, who I worked with uh, at, at length, uh, said that this was transformational. So, we've got the criminal component, and then we have the, the piece that we amended on, which was in my original bill two years ago, which uh, uh, provides civil remedies for uh, for our victims and our survivors. So uh, this is really going to give these survivors some justice and their day in court. And then the big thing is we did what the courts have been asking for years that Congress does, which is to, to clarify congressional intent when it comes to the Communications Decency Act. This was a, a piece of legislation passed in 1996. And uh, has been watered down and misused by Backpage.com and other, uh, there are hundreds of these websites uh, um, uh, that are out there that are just nefarious and, as I said, exploiting the most vulnerable in our society. But they've asked uh, for us to clarify it. They've been hiding behind the immunity clauses of of the CDA now for years. And uh, so we have. And we we made it very clear that it is not Congress's intent uh, for the internet to be a red light district. And if you're committing a crime offline, you can't commit it online. If it's a crime offline, it's, uh, it's a crime online too. As frankly, as sex trafficking has evolved over the uh, the last decade or more, we've seen it move from the streets to the internet, uh, Nick Mic, which is uh, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, uh, has said there's been an 846 percent increase in child exploitation of sex trafficking online. So this is important uh, important legislation that we've worked on uh, in a bipartisan way. It's had some headwinds, though, certainly uh, by big tech and others that uh, are fighting it, because there's big money behind this, Joe. There are people making uh, hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars uh, on on the on the backs of our uh, of our our women and children and selling them online. So, it has a big criminal component. It has the civil remedies in it, and then we have the clarification in the Communications Decency Act that ought to be able to uh, be put to good use. So,
0: so in the criminal component, I mean, right now, I take it from what you're saying. There's virtually no, I mean, they're not necessarily breaking any laws by their advertising. Is that part of the problem?
1: Well, they've or been hiding, hiding behind a, what they consider the immunities in the Communications Decency Act. And uh, so we have clarified our intent there and then made sure that that not only can prosecutors use our sex trafficking statutes, and we've, we've uh, uh, strengthened those, but really created a new crime. Uh, in the prostitution stat uh, statutes, that says that that it is it is criminal, in fact, uh, uh, for the promotion um, uh, or facilitation of prosti- prostitution, and in reckless disregard of sex trafficking. So we we lowered the mens rea of reckless disregard, which actually makes it easier for. Uh, for the the prosecutors to go after these nefarious websites. So it's a very, as I said, landmark uh, piece of legislation that's tough on crime, uh, uh, wonderful justice for our victims, and uh, does finally clarify the Communications Decency Act. That was passed back in 1996.
0: Now, so when will this go into effect? Assuming uh, from what you're saying, Mitch McConnell, uh, head of the Senate, is saying there's going to be a vote the week of... March
1: twelfth, week of March twelfth, uh, uh, the the uh, uh, the leader in the Senate said that uh, they will bring this uh, to the Senate floor. And then a real late breaking news is that uh, the White House endorsed the legislation by name, HR eighteen sixty five, which is which is FOSTA, my piece of legislation. Uh, this afternoon. And uh, so I think we're going to have this signed into law uh, swiftly by the President of the United
0: States. So will it go into effect right away or is there a waiting period?
1: I don't believe there's a waiting period. Most of the provisions of this will go into effect right away. There are also provisions at the state level that that, uh, need to be uh, put into place. And in fact, I've spoken very recently with our Uh, our House leadership to make sure, I'm hoping that Missouri will be one of the very first states to have a a companion a piece of legislation at the state level so that the attorneys general and others can use that to also prosecute. You know, most of the prosecutions uh, do happen at the state and local level, so it's important that we get these states on board. Uh, as I said, 50 state attorneys general have have asked uh, us to, to, to put this legislation forward, so I want to get it, uh, once it's signed by the president, I want to get it as quickly uh, to the uh, Missouri State General Assembly as possible.
0: Now, you were in Jeff City just two days ago when you filed for office on Wednesday um, for reelection. So were you 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 indicate that you were talking to House members at least, or members of the General Assembly about doing something on this. Do you think they're going to act, or are they too busy with all this other stuff going on?
1: I think they'll act. Um, um, I, I I usually meet with with House leadership. Um, uh, I didn't make it over to the Senate side. I did meet with uh, with a few Senators, but uh, I make it a routine, uh, visit when I go to file to sit down with our, our leadership and talk about legislation and issues that are important to me and and I specifically met with uh, Speaker Richardson and uh, and Pro Tem. Uh, Speaker Pro Tem uh, Elijah Har about this legislation, and they were uh, they're gung ho and and ready to get to work. And we may even, depending upon the timing in the Senate and when the the President signs it into law, it might even be something that they could uh, uh, could move on during this uh, legislative session in the State House.
0: Now, while you're in Jeff City, in fact, I was in Jeff City this week too. We kind of crossed paths, but. Uh, You got at least two active Democratic opponents in the twenty-second in your district in the second district. Um, Obviously, you're an incumbent. You've you know got a lot of connections. You've been successful raising money. Um, Obviously, you would have an advantage in there. But it but still, this is rare. I mean, for the Democrats, last your last two elections, you didn't not have as strong a candidate or at least candidates who weren't able to tap into uh, some money. I mean the DCCC has already been sending out little missives about you, attacks, this and that. How do you see the climate this time as you're running for re-election differ or not from the last couple times?
1: Well, it's a it's a tough climate. I will uh, I will say that and we are the only targeted Congressional seat in the in the state, uh, Missouri's second congressional district is a more of a swing district, given the fact that it is takes in the in, in the suburban suburban area of St. Louis County and some of the of the uh, of the exurbs. I believe when I filed. There were uh, maybe four or five Democrats that have now filed uh, for office, but yes. we always we always get them. You know, in Missouri, it's a hundred dollar filing fee. A lot of people file for office, and uh, you know, I intend on, on on taking this election seriously. I take every election seriously, and work hard and and earn the vote. This is this is a district that's personal for me. I'm born and and raised here, and in, in the St. Louis metro area, raised my family of three. My my husband and I have been married for 31 years. We've worked. We've volunteered. We've done a lot in this community, and it's personal. Uh, this, this, for me, Joe, is, is a calling, not a job. And I am here to, to, uh, to serve the, uh, the people of the 2nd District. It's a, an honor and a privilege. And I think that that every candidate, uh, the, the key to success is to focus on your constituents. And, uh, you know, I talk about the things that we do uh, uh, for uh, for my constituents back home, whether that's fighting for the NGA uh, here, which is jobs, whether it's lifting our defense appropriations and making sure that that Boeing line has got increased numbers of growlers and super hornets, uh, whether it's fighting for, for strong sex trafficking legislation, you know, St. Louis, sadly, is in the top 20. On sex trafficking in our in our nation, so uh, we do a lot with the VA. I have the privilege of having Jefferson Barracks in the district. Uh, a lot in, uh, in terms of constituent services with a strong district office. So, uh, the key to to, to any um, election and and any candidate, I think, uh, being uh, elected in their district is how hard you work to deliver. Uh, for the people that you represent, so you can't ever stop coming home. You can't ever stop. Uh, I, I always say I'm, I'm Ann, Ann Wagner of Baldwin, uh, not <laughs> not of Washington and in, in the Imperial City. I am much more at home here in the Second District and in my my home of, of, of decades out in in Baldwin, Missouri. So um, uh, we're going to work, work hard. I take it seriously. It's uh, it's a tough climate, and we are targeted by the DCCC. So um, I'll take uh, nothing for granted.
0: Why do you think it's a tough climate?
1: Well, I think we're very polarized. I think we've seen that after the last presidential election. Um, uh, The left is energized. The right is energized. Uh, It'll be interesting to see, especially in an uh, off-presidential election cycle year, uh, what the turnout is, I imagine, that it will be stronger than it was in, let's say, 2016. So uh, uh, we're ready for that, and we're going to work and, and earn every vote there is in this district.
0: Now, last summer, you had announced that, cha- that you were not going to entertain the idea of running for the U.S. Senate. I mean, for a long time, you had been touted as the possible opponent against Senator McCaskill this fall. Okay, now you've got several other candidates, but the most well-known is, is Attorney General Josh Hawley. But your name's been coming up again. I was at Lincoln Days a few weeks ago, and everyone was touting your name again, in part because there are some party activists who are concerned about Holly's low fundraising numbers. Um, I'm just interested in your take on, A, why you think you've been promoted again. Is there any way that you might change your mind before filing ends on March 27th, so you can say here <laughs> and now? And, and just, I mean, just sort of, I mean, because you used to be head of the state party, and you were vice chair of the National Party. So you know about this stuff.
1: I have. I've, I've worked in this arena for a long time. I, I don't believe that Senator McCaskill represents uh, our values in the state of Missouri. And uh, uh, and I, I, I do hope that she is beaten uh, in this next election cycle. And I'll work hard to, to make sure that that... Uh, that that happens, but I am firmly committed, once and for all, to Missouri's second congressional district. Uh, I had the privilege of filing this week. I did entertain a U.S. Senate bid, but felt that I could be most effective uh, in passing the kind of legislation that I did with FOSTA and other measures uh, in representing my hometown and Missouri's second district. So I'm firmly uh, committed uh, to that.
0: Any suggestions for Holly?
1: Yeah, this is, uh, as I've said, a tough climate, and you've got to work and earn every vote in the state of Missouri. This is the the show-me state, and uh, Claire McCaskill is formidable, absolutely, and she's raising a lot of money. So you've got to get out. You've got to have a good ground game. I think the key, I'm an old grassroots girl. I used to be a township committee woman before I was anything else at the most local neighbor-to-neighbor level, and you've got to work it. You've got to have a good... Uh, field staff and get out there in every community across this uh, uh, across this state and, uh, uh, and tell them what your vision is and your plan for the future and how you can make a difference uh, in their lives and that of their families and uh, you've got to work hard and earn it.
0: Now uh, the fact that the DCCC is doing all these ads against you, what do you, or at least comments, emails, that sort of thing, You say it's targeted, which is obvious, but what does that say that they're targeting you? Is it to keep – one of my perceptions is I thought, well, they they wanted to keep you busy, so you weren't helping other Republicans (laughs) elsewhere, which has happened sometimes in previous years. I mean, I'm being candid here.
1: Well, I'm I'm a big team player, and I believe that um, uh, if I work hard and do what I need to do to turn out – uh, the votes in the second district, that we lift all votes. And one of the discussions that I had with uh, uh, with my colleagues in the General Assembly, who I work very closely with, both in the Missouri House and Senate, is what I can do to help those state reps and those state senators that are on in in Missouri's second district, so I will work uh, hand in hand with them. Whether it's out knocking doors, uh, whether it's through helping them raise the resources that they need, uh, uh, campaign strategy. My, my staff is available uh, on a political, uh, on the political side to to work with them. Uh, I've always been a party player and a team player here, so uh, that's uh, that will not change. And I think we'll have the resources to get our our, our message out. And because we work. So hard, and in 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 terms of taking these elections seriously, uh, I do think that it is of benefit to the other campaigns too. They they may be newer to the political process or to the campaign side of things. So, whatever we can do to be of assistance, uh, I will be there, uh, no matter what.
0: Well, while you're in Jeff City, I'm sure you heard a little bit about the elephant in the room, so to speak, there, (laughs) which is this whole controversy surrounding the governor who has been accused of taking a photograph of a partially nude woman with whom he was then having an affair without her consent. Now, this happened in 2015 uh, before he actually had launched his campaign, he was thinking about it. He has acknowledged having the affair, he has denied any sort of uh, illegal or nefarious activity. Now, that's kind of the backdrop of this. Some lawmakers have come out saying he needs to resign. Others are saying it's too soon. You haven't said much, if I'm accurate. I'm just curious in kind of how you see this and how this might affect Republicans going into November, or do you think his trial is now set for May 14th, or whether this is going to be something that's just going to um, wane as the months go? Well,
1: I've said from the very uh, beginning that— uh, the the allegations against the governor are very serious. I think the indictment is is most disturbing and uh, and, and and serious. Uh, I've asked for a, a full and swift uh, uh, investigation, and that is ongoing at this time. I do believe the governor is, like any citizen uh, in the state of Missouri or beyond, should be uh, allowed his due process and his day in in court. However, I, I, I will say that. I, I do believe that elected officials and those that serve with the public trust uh, should be held to a higher standard. So I have full faith in our our Missouri General Assembly and Speaker Richardson, who has also instigated an investigation. I think those investigations should go forward and uh, in a in a non political and uh, a forthright and swift manner so that this uh, issue can be can be um, uh, laid to rest.
0: Now, one of the things the governor has been attacking is circuit attorney uh, Kim Gardner and her staff accused him of playing politics. He put out he's put out a couple missives trying to tire to Democratic donor George Soros um, has really claimed that this is all political game. He's accused her of being a prosecutor in search of a crime. Um, When I was in Jeff City, there actually were some Republicans who said on the record they wish he'd Cool. That now, I'm not saying you should or shouldn't, but are you? Is there anything you want to say about that? Uh,
1: that I believe in in both investigations and that they should be uh, played out in an honest and truthful and full manner. Both the investigation by the circuit attorney and the investigation that has now been initiated by the Missouri House of Representatives and uh, and Speaker Richardson. So uh, I'm in favor of both playing out. I think they're important. I think, uh, as I said, the governor should have his due process uh, and his day in court, and he shall. But uh, these are serious, serious allegations, and uh, they need to be fully investigated.
0: Now, as far as Congress goes, now that your bill may be pretty much on its way to the president's desk within the month, are there other things that you hope to focus on or hope that the Congress focuses on in the next few months before it really starts going into a hiatus more or less over the summer?
1: Well, we, we got our budget deal uh, uh, several weeks ago and now we are going to be uh, working with the appropriators uh, and, uh, and and passing our, our full budget um, and funding that will happen uh, at the end of March. So I've been fighting a lot for our defense dollars and to make sure that we as a country are safe and secure and uh, that our readiness is intact and, and putting the kind of money that we need to into uh, the Defense Department, whether that's the VA, whether that's our giving our soldiers a, a much-needed pay raise, whether that's more super, hors- and super hornets and growlers on the assembly line or, air, or uh, uh, Navy carriers, whatever it is, we need to make sure that our warfighters are, um, are ready to keep us safe and secure. So we're going to be working on our funding bills. Uh, I serve on the Financial Services Committee, and uh, the Senate has has finally decided to, to move a, a package of regulatory reform issues when it comes to uh, community banks and, uh, and other financial service sector uh, um, agencies that will um, we will be taking up in the House. We passed our version, the Choice Act, months and months ago, but they are finally going to move on a package, and I'm, I'm thrilled to be able to... Uh, to move that forward one of the of the big successes I think of this administration has been uh, to take the the the, the, uh, the, the blanket off of uh, businesses and enterprises and 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 companies and and individuals restore their freedoms and have the kind of regulatory reform that we've seen that has really I think been a part of jumpstarting this economy we passed a historic tax uh, cuts and jobs growth act that is beginning to see the benefits now not just in growth in our uh, in our GDP but in real people's paychecks and pocketbooks so uh, we're thrilled that that uh, the consumer confidence has grown that uh, Small businesses are expanding and uh, and and buying the equipment, uh, growing their their warehouses, their workforces. It's not just about giving bonuses, which are terrific. It's about increasing their pay and uh, and growing their businesses. So, whether it's it's regulatory reform, the the tax reform package that we had go through, um, certainly the the defense uh, dollars or why ISIS is on the run. And um, uh, we're going to be working on a number of these issues. I'm also on foreign affairs, so I have, and on the Asia Pacific Subcommittee, and have been very involved in our uh, dealings with the North Koreans and in the Korean Peninsula. I have visited the region uh, in South Korea, in China, uh, uh, in Japan, and uh, have been very involved in, in the work on, on foreign affairs. So there is plenty on our plate and a lot more to be done. Uh, I, I do hope that we're going to be able to, to to take action on this legislation. We've got a number of pieces that have passed through the House. The Senate moves way too slow for my um, uh, for my liking. Uh, but I do hope that they're going to pass my, my FOSTA bill and the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act and uh, that they'll be able to get to some of the other items that we have moved uh, uh, to their – uh, to their chamber and can hopefully make it to the president's desk.
0: Now I thought you had kind of mixed feelings about the budget deal. Um, I mean, how I mean, how would you classify that right now? I know there's talk. There's still talk about the deficit, that you know, the debt, which is you know, the the two things. Um, what do you tell people, conservative fiscal conservatives, who ask you about all that?
1: Well, you know, I care deeply about. Uh, the debt and and what we're passing along to our, our children and and now I'm a, a brand new first time grandma, and what my 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 little granddaughter Isabella Marie may have to uh, to deal with. So these are important issues, and uh, one of the only reasons that. Uh, uh, that I uh, supported some of these increases is that I do believe that we are going to see real growth in our gross domestic product and that that will be a, a, a real catalyst to uh, going after our debt and deficit. So uh, I believe in the dynamic scoring process and uh, I'm hopeful that whether it's through uh, regulatory relief uh, that has has um, allowed this economic boom and growth and consumer confidence and manufacturing expansion, uh, or whether it's through the tax cut plan that uh, that that our, our 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 GDP will grow, uh, our economy will grow, real people are going to have more discretionary dollars uh, of their own money that they'll be able to spend, and. Uh, that that will be a real driver. Just one point in, in increase in the GDP uh, really does a, a, a an amazing amount of difference to our our debt and deficits. But I I continue to be a uh, a budget hawk and uh, have have real concerns about our spending going forward.
0: Now before the election, you had had mixed feelings about uh, Trump, who was then the Republican nominee, and you had taken some heat for that. I mean, near the election and. Uh, now, since then, how would you characterize your relationship with the president and what's your general assessment on how he's doing? It's
1: been very positive uh, from the very beginning. In fact, uh, President Trump, what, probably just two weeks after he took office and, and inauguration last year, he uh, brought me into the Oval Office and signed a, an executive order on a signature piece of financial services legislation that I cared deeply about and that was really about uh, helping uh, low-income uh, investors save money. We have a savings crisis in our in our country. And uh, this was a, a, a major uh, a piece of legislation that I had been championing for uh, some period of time. I've been in, in the White House uh, many times talking about different policy issues. Uh, we've got a good cordial working relationship. I support the administration. I think we've been one, uh, you know, unified Republican uh government moving forward and have certainly been able to uh, to get a lot accomplished, whether it uh, um, is in the regulatory realm, whether it's in tax reform, uh, uh, putting an end to the individual mandate when it comes to health care, which I think is, is something that allows more more freedom and choice by individuals and doesn't say, tell the, the government, you don't have the government telling you you have to um, uh, purchase health care, you're going to be fined and penalized. Uh, I've had a lot of discussions. He's been to Missouri a couple of times. I've flown on Air Force One. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm my own person, Joe. And I will tell you that I, I take a principled stand on issues. If I disagree with the president or anyone else, I certainly will voice that. Uh, but uh, but I, I look for ways that we can work together, especially when it comes uh, to these important policy issues. And I'm thrilled that uh, today in the White House briefing room, uh, Sarah Sanders uh, uh, talked about HR 1865 and endorsed this legislation being signed by the president. So I cannot wait to visit with with him and uh, Ivanka Trump. This has been also a big issue for her. She tweeted out the day we were si- uh, passing the legislation, and uh, so I, I'm uh, uh, we we're all working well together. I think.
0: Okay. Well, I really appreciate your time. I know things are real crazy for you these last few days and ongoing. So thanks so much for coming in. Um, you can reach me on Twitter at jmanis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. How can you reach the congresswoman?
1: At annwagner.com or at, at uh, Rep Ann Wagner. Okay.
0: And uh, so anyway, next, next time, uh, Jason won't be here for the next time, but he'll be here for the next show, let's say in two. And
1: congratulations to Jason and his growing family.
0: Yes, yes. I'm very happy for him. So as a grandmother, I totally get it. (laughs) So anyway, so till next time, so long.